Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by Bear and Federated Insurance. Welcome back to another episode of the Elite Business Advice Podcast. My name is Chris Moore. I'm the founder of Elite Business Advisors and your host here for the podcast. So we are currently in our two-part series on tax planning strategies and understanding the tax side of your business. If you missed last week's episode, the first episode on S-Corporations, go back and check it out. Um, We provided some guidance on what is an S-Corporation, how does it need to operate, like what are the differences, um, when should you make that election. Uh, And so if you are currently an S-Corporation, go back and listen to it because we kind of provided some thoughts and ideas, common things that we see business owners not doing correctly, um, acting as an S-Corporation or just some changes between being an LLC and an S-Corporation. So go back, check it out. If you're not an S-Corporation, listen to it. See if it might be something you should think about here for the upcoming year in 2024. Uh, But today's episode... We're going to dive into some tax strategies to think about implementing here in the next four months of the year, whenever you're listening to this, um, to help you legally reduce your taxable income. For those of you guys watching on video, we've got our The Numbers Don't Lie shirt on here. thought that was fitting for this series uh, because the numbers don't lie, right? And we need to be in tune with our numbers and we need to understand the proactiveness of tax planning, tax strategies, and what that's going to look like next spring when you go to file your taxes. So I hope it helps. Thanks for plugging in. This is the Elite Business Advice Podcast. So as we start talking through tax strategies and kind of thinking about things here the next few months of the year, um, one of the biggest things that we have to think about when we talk through this with our clients, especially towards the end of the year, so some bonus things you can take away from this today. Uh, The number one question is, if we need to reduce your taxable income, right? You do some tax planning, whether it's with us, with your CPA, accountant, bookkeeper, whoever you work with that files your taxes, and you see, okay, if, if we finish where we're shooting, you know, what these projections say at the end of the year, this is how much we're going to owe, right? And if you don't have that money already set aside, and like we have to kind of figure out, okay, what do we really need to do to drop this taxable income down legally, right? So everything's about legally. Um, you know, what are some things that we can do, right? There's a lot of different leverage you can pull. I'm going to kind of go through some things here today. But really what the, the question comes down to is, do we have the cash and the profitability to do things or not? Now is a great time to start kind of stacking up cash for you know winter time if you expect things to slow down around the holidays you know some of you guys in seasonal businesses and stuff but really for tax write-offs too one of the hardest things is you know we we typically do tax planning around right now um it's kind of some preliminary stuff get some ideas what are we on pace for we have time to save you know those things right and then we'll kind of run something again at the end of you know november usually that way we got 30 days to make decisions do anything before the end of the year But one of the hardest things is when we get to that point in the year, if the business doesn't have a cushion or some cash or something to do, um, you know, some strategies with, it makes it really difficult. You really limit yourself onto what you can and can't do based on the, the cash that you may or may not have in the business, right? And we always walk that balance between, okay, yeah, we want to legally reduce your taxable income, but we also can't starve your business of cash, 
right? And some things that we do take cash in order to do it, right? And there's other things we can do that we can get a little bit creative with some stuff. I'll share a little bit of that here in this episode um, to where you can still, you know, get some tax write-offs without having to take cash out of your business or at least all at that time, right? And so now's a great time to start being proactive, not just in, in building up that cushion for wintertime, but really to start building up that cushion for the write-offs and the strategies and the things that you may be able to do. Uh, and so I just want to go through some popular tax strategies, some things that work well, some great ways to kind of knock that taxable income down. Some of this is a little bit basic. Some of it's a little bit more in depth, um, but I want to kind of go through each of these things here. Number one, one thing I love uh, is hiring your children to work in your business. This is a great way to take money out of your business as a deduction, as an expense to the company, uh, and put it into their pocket, uh, right? I think it's great as they get older too, right? You're teaching them work ethic, entrepreneurship, all the great things. I think there can be a lot of benefits as a family or something like that um, to do. Uh, and refer back to last week's episode to, to know the difference on how to handle it between an S corporation and an LLC. There's a little bit of some differences there based on how you're, you're set up with that. So listen to last week's episode. Um, towards the end, we talked about the hiring your kids and the differences there. Um, but I think this is a great opportunity to take money out of the business. Again, you can pay them up to the standard deduction uh, for, um, you know, they're, they're, so they don't pay income taxes on it. You take it as a taxable um, deduction for your business. It's kind of a win-win, right? Um, you know, so what are some tasks that your kids might be able to do for you um, to justify wages and pay them, right? Again, this isn't something you can just say, hey, I'm going to pay my kids $5,000, but they actually don't do anything, right? You need to document things. You need to track their hours. You need to like, you know, make it justifiable, right? You can't just say like, oh yeah, my kid worked, uh, you know, a thousand hours this year and I'm paying them, you know, $10,000, whatever, like, this has to be legit, kind of like we talked about the Augusta rule at the end of um, last week's episode on S corporations. Um, like it's legal to do. You just need to do it correctly, right? Don't just take advantage of it because it's there. Um, so some tasks that, you know, we've had clients use um, and people that, you know, other business owners, tasks that kids can do. Again, it's going to depend on their age, right? Uh, fortunately, Chase is only 17 months old. He's not really good at helping with a lot of stuff in the business right now. He actually does more harm than good uh, on most days. Um, but, you know, some things that you can do. Um, marketing preparation. Maybe you're sending out mailers to your clients. Maybe you're getting... Um, you know, EDDMs ready to take to the post office. Maybe you are getting door hangers ready to go put out around the neighborhood and you're putting the address label on there that says, hey, we're currently working at this place, right? Those are little easy things that they can probably help with at some age, right? Um, needs to look professional and, you know, so again, depending on what you're doing with that. But like marketing preparation and doing things, um, just little tedious like things like that that would be easy tasks for them to do. Um, if they are a little bit older, maybe it's content creation, maybe it's some social media stuff, um, right? Again, regardless of what, you know, age they are, if they're teenagers, they're probably relatively in tune with social media. Uh, you know, they might be able to help with some of that stuff for you, right? Um, maybe it's videos, maybe it's creating reels for your business. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things, uh, that they can do that you can pay them for legitimately, right? So think about like all the different things in your business. What are some things that your kids at the age they're at might be able to do for you? Um, maybe it's something simple like taking inventory. Maybe you have a lot of paint supplies, certain things like that. You can pay them to count and take inventory for you every so often, right? Maybe there's a blue bucket sale coming up with Sherwin-Williams here soon, and you're trying to figure out what you need, what you want to stock up on, some of those things. Have your kids take inventory and, and spend a few hours helping with that, right? Again, every little thing adds up uh, in, in what you can do for them. Um, maybe it's cleaning, 
right? Maybe it's cleaning out the company vehicles, cleaning up the office space, cleaning up the home office, like um, doing some stuff with that. Maybe it's organizing or, or filing paperwork or shredding paperwork, right? Um, again, it's, you know, you guys are going to know what, what makes sense for your kids and kind of where they're at and what tasks you have. But these are just some kind of common things that we see. Get creative. Think outside the box with it. What can you do that is legitimately justifiable to the IRS that you're paying them to do? You might pay an employee to do anything like that makes sense. One of the biggest kind of pro tips and bonuses I can give you on this would be to open up a Roth IRA for them and try to max it out each year, especially if they're young. Um, I didn't Google and you know what the numbers are. Oh, if you max it out at this age and this, it grows to this, but it's, it's crazy guys. Um, and so, you know, that's what we have. Some clients will do that, right? They'll pay their kids maybe $8,000 a year, $10,000 a year. And they put a lot of that into a Roth IRA. I think the, the max each year is, I think 6,000, um, 6,000, 6,500, one of the two, and maybe 6,500 this year, uh, put it into Roth IRA. They can max it out and just start growing for that long-term savings, right? Uh, if you start doing that at age six, seven, eight, um, and just let it continue to grow, do the same thing year over year. I mean, that's, that's totally setting your kids up for success. If, if that's something you're interested in, um, I'm sure you're interested in it, but if that's the right option to do so, I guess would be the right way to say that. So that's kind of the pro tip. If you hire your kids to do something like that, to work and grow long-term for them. Um, another thing you can do, uh, after you know, hiring your kids, that's one, uh, is deferring income and accelerating expenses. <clears throat> um, most of you guys listen to this probably operate on a cash basis for accounting. So it's when money comes in your account and goes out of your account is when the expenses occur. Um, so if you're getting to the end of the year and you know, you, you need to make some adjustments, this can be something you might think into of not invoicing until January 1st for some completed jobs. Again, cash flow is an issue, right? Cause you might need that cash to get through the last couple of weeks of December. But if you've got a couple of projects, Maybe you can invoice them after the first of the year, right? Defer that income to next year. All you're really doing is kicking the can down the road. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, eventually that might catch up with you a little bit, but it is something you can do if you haven't been proactively saving for taxes this year. It can kind of give you some relief this year and then maybe get in a more proactive state moving into next year. Um, you can also accelerate expenses into this year, right? Anything you know that you're going to spend money on next year, pay it in December, right? If you're able to do that. Um, you know, that way the expense comes this year. I know a lot of clients will do a, a big bulk order of materials, maybe even paint, right? Like I'm a big fan of doing things you're already going to use or spend anyways, right? Again, uh, if you've heard some of our episodes, you know, we always say, Crystal and I always say, don't go spend money just for the tax write-off. Like spend money on things you need or are going to use or spend money on anyways for the tax write-off. Don't go buy a brand new truck or a brand new sprayer when you don't need a new truck or a new sprayer and you're not going to in the foreseeable future, right? That doesn't make sense because you're still just spending money. Spend money on stuff that makes sense, right? Maybe do a bulk order. We've had a couple clients order, you know, 100 gallons of duration from Sherwin-Williams and store it in their shop space um, in December. That way they can take the tax write-off this year and then they're just basically prepaying for their paint the first couple months of next year, right? They get the expense this year. Again, you're kind of kicking that can down the road a little bit. But that can be something that really will help you, right? Um, maybe it's something like I know for us, we always book all of our travel and stuff for PCA Expo um, here at the end of this year, right? So we we renew our sponsorship in December with PCA. Um, we'll book our travel for Expo. We'll pay for our tickets, our trade show booth. Like we'll book and pay for as much stuff as we can at the very end of this year um, for the tax write-offs this year. But we won't actually use that travel until next year, 
Uh, same thing when I go to speak at events for Sherwin-Williams. Uh, we had quite a few events the first half of the year this year, and I booked a lot of my travel in December last year. Um, and, and just to kind of get ahead on that, right? So there's a lot of things you can do with when you're paying for stuff. Um, again, it needs to be legit. It needs to be you know done properly, but there are some kind of creative things you can do if you get to the end of the year. Um, come back and revisit this if you're in December and you're trying to figure out how to drop that taxable income down a little bit. Uh, another thing, purchasing assets that will be able to be depreciated, um, maybe even on a loan, something like this. This is, as I mentioned earlier, if you don't have a lot of cash and you're trying to get creative and figure out how to make things work for your tax write-offs, um, this is something that you can do, right? Because with uh, the way that a lot of this works, and again, talk to somebody specific to your situation, uh, but if you buy, let's say like last year, perfect example, we had a client that they were going to need a new vehicle for their business anyways, um, and they didn't have a lot of cash to do something at the end of the year. And what we were able to do is they went and purchased a vehicle for their business uh, in December. They were able to depreciate, take the depreciation as an expense, um, that year, I think they did all of it. There's some kind of classifications rules on what, what's a hundred percent depreciable in, in the year it's placed into service, uh, purchased and placed into service. And then like some of it maybe have to be on like a schedule over a few years. So there are some guidelines if you're looking at vehicles. So do some research on that before you do anything. Um, but he was able to do it. I know it was at least 50% of the cost of the vehicle, right? Uh, put a couple thousand dollars down on it, but then now he's paying the loan over the next like three to four to five years, right? To where he gets the tax write off the end of last year, but he doesn't have to take 20, you know, $5,000 in cash out of the business to purchase the vehicle to get the deduction. Um, again, this is, can start to get to be a slippery slope, right? Like, you know, I, I think vehicles are great for business, but I think it really grows your overhead and it can put strain on things if it's not necessary. So I'm not saying this is the right thing to do, right? But there's things like this that if you're, you know, and, and I remember when we did their tax planning, they were looking at like a twenty-five dollars to $30,000 tax bill and hadn't really prepared themselves very well to pay that, right? So it was kind of one of those things that was like, yes, this probably does make sense for you to do, right? So things like that that you can do if you don't have the cash flow, you can buy assets, depreciate them out in that year. And if you're able to get a loan for them, then it stretches the cash flow out for you while doing that. Um, again, if you have to do that every single year, by year three, four, you're gonna have a lot of loan payments you're paying on. So just again, be mindful of some of that. Uh, another great thing is looking into a simple SEP uh, IRA or a solo 401k plan for you and your employees. Especially if you're an S corporation, this is something that could be great looking into. All three of those plans have some different qualifications, different ways that they have to work. Um, some of them you have to open up if you have employees, um, you have to open it up to contributing and matching with them. Uh, so there's a lot of different things. Talk to a financial advisor that you know specializes in this, that works with small business owners to help set these plans up. If you need a referral, I'm happy to connect you in with Mike Clark and Clark Wealth Partners. Um, they're who we have this office space here with. They're amazing people. Trust them wholeheartedly. Um, I love what they do and the software they use. Uh, and so that's a shameless plug for them. Um, but I'm happy to connect you. If you need somebody, they're able to work with people all throughout the U.S. Uh, and, and help work through those things. So if you need a referral, let me know. I'm happy to connect you with those guys. Uh, but talk to somebody that can do this. Again, this is another way, depending on how your business is set up and which one of these plans you go with and how many employees you have and all those things, this could be an opportunity for you to take money out of your business, invest it into your own retirement, and take that money as a business deduction. Um, again, especially if you're you know a, a solopreneur, like 
and you don't have employees, you don't have to worry about matching anything, right? This is a great way to take money out of the company as a deduction to invest into your retirement plan. So I would highly, highly, highly recommend looking into this. I know there's some deadlines on when these things have to be put into place and paperwork coming up. Uh, so if it's something you, you may wanna look into, have that conversation now. Again, let me know, I'm happy to connect you with Mike or anybody else here. Um, we talked about travel a little bit. Um, I, I want to, you know, kind of piggyback on that. Um, travel is for business purposes. I just want to make that very clear. Um, going to Hawaii with your family is not a business write-off. Um, but there are some cases where you can, um, legitimize a trip for business purposes. Okay. Um, we here all at the PCA, we've got a huge network of people all over the country, right? Um, one thing that I am really going to push a lot next year, especially with a lot of our clients and people is going and visiting other business owners, seeing how they operate. We've had some of our clients go shadow some of our other clients through, you know, relationships and getting to know each other. And it's been very eye-opening and beneficial, really kind of for both parties, especially the person going to visit the other business, just to see like, hey, how do our things run? What does their office space look like? How are, let's go visit a job site. Let's go do a couple estimates. Like, let's just go shadow them for a day. And I, I, I love and appreciate those clients that have hosted others. And, and I, I, I want to do more of that collaboration stuff internally with us here next year. Um, but keep that in mind. If you were going to go travel and do something, is there something you can do business related to write off that trip, right? Think about that. Um, again, there's guidelines, there's things right? you can't go uh, fly to Hawaii for 10 days and spend a half a day with another painting company out there. I'm happy to connect you with somebody um, and, and write off the entire trip, right? It has to be a little bit justifiable, right? There's gotta be some things you know, with that, that that makes sense still. But keep that in mind. If you're traveling, if you're planning a trip and there's somebody, you know, that you can connect with in the PCA network, other contractors, you know, there's tons of Facebook groups out there, painted group, connect with somebody, shadow them. You could write off at least part of your trip, even if you write off the mileage driving there and back, right? Maybe you don't write off everything. All right. There's a lot of different ways you can handle that. Um, so just think outside the box, but do it legitimately. Um, another thing. Uh, we talked about in last week's episode is mileage log, how to handle that reimbursements. Uh, you know, mileage is another great tax write-off. It's 65 and a half cents per mile driven this year. Um, just make sure that you are only doing that if it is a owner-owned vehicle that is being used by the company or for business purposes. If the company owns the vehicle, then you have to write off the gas, the wear and tear, the maintenance, the tags, the registration, the insurance, all that stuff. Um, so you don't have to do a mileage log if it is a company owned vehicle, company's name is on the title, the loan, all that stuff. If you personally own it, um, you also cannot write off the gas and any of those things. It's, it's either or, right? You either do the mileage log or you write off that. Um, and typically the mileage log, especially at 65 and a half cents per mile driven, uh, is, is probably going to be more beneficial for you. So make sure you're doing a mileage log, taking those benefits. Um, I want to hit on real quick a couple things personally. Um, that you can do on the tax side of it to help too. I, I, again, I, everything else was kind of business focused uh, and we'll probably have some more follow-ups and stuff we'll add into this down the road. I don't want to make this episode too long because I know how exciting talking taxes can be and those of you guys listening, if you're still here, you're a trooper and you're dedicated to reducing your taxable income and reach out with any questions because I appreciate you listening in and that means that you're serious about this. Uh, it's something we're passionate about uh, you know, to help business owners make sure they've got a good handle on their taxes because it is the number one stressor when it comes 
comes to business owners typically is taxes and the finances. So we really try to help make sure you guys understand what's going on, being proactive with it. But a couple of things you can do personally, one thing is a, a traditional IRA. Um, there are some stipulations if you have a SEP solo 401k, certain things like that in place. Um, so again, talk to your financial advisor about that. But you can also contribute to a traditional IRA. It doesn't do anything with your business income, but it will lower your taxable income as a whole for you and or your family. Uh, so keep that in mind. Um, there's something else called the health savings account, HSA. Um, this only works for certain insurance plans, uh, but that can be something else that you might look into to lower your taxable income on the person personal side of your, um, of your return. Uh, another thing called a donor advised fund. Uh, this is actually something pretty cool. It's something that, that is available out there. Um, most charities like to get, because they're non-for-profits and kind of the way they budget things, they like to have things spread out, right? Uh, and what a donor advised fund actually does is it allows you to contribute a large sum of money at one time to get a tax deduction in that year. But then what the that fund does is it spreads out the payments to the charities you want it to go to or the you know non-for-profits over a specific amount of time, right? Um, to where that way you can take the tax right off all at one time, but then it spreads that money out over say three years or something. And what we will see some people do is um, they will use a donor advice fund for a year to be able to itemize on their taxes. Um, standard deduction for a single is I think 13,850 this year. Um, married filing jointly is 277. And so, you know, if you have some qualifying things that put you above that mark, then you can itemize and probably maybe write off a little bit more on the tax side. Um, so a donor advised fund, what some people do is they will do it one year so that they can itemize, really knock down their taxes, uh, and then maybe go back to using the standard deduction for a couple of years and then do that again, right? There's, again, pros and cons, really sit down and talk to, to whoever's doing your taxes about what makes sense and how to do some of this stuff. Uh, but I just wanna kind of provide some education on the donor advised fund. Um, as far as itemizing, kind of the three most popular um, things that go towards that to see if you go above that threshold of the standard deduction um, is your mortgage interest. Um, it is capped, I think, on mortgages at seven fifty. dollars uh, There were some stipulations on that with some tax law changes here lately. Uh, but you can deduct the mortgage interest you pay each year on your mortgage. Um, so if that alone, uh, especially as interest rates are rising, like that may put you above, you know, or close to your itemized uh, amount. Uh, possibly, hopefully not, but it could. Um, state and local taxes, you know, any income taxes paid to your state, local taxes, property taxes paid, whatever's paid in that calendar year, um, you know, you can do that. That is capped at $10,000. So if it's more than that, it only gives you $10,000 um, or what, you know, or if it's less than 10,000, uh, but that goes towards it. Uh, and then charitable contributions. That's another thing. That's kind of where that donor advised fund comes into play. Um, those are three of the most popular. There are more itemized things that you can take. Those are three of the most popular ones that kind of move the needle the furthest, it seems like. Um, and so if the amount of, you know, money you have with those three things adds up to more than that standard deduction, you might be able to itemize and, and drop your taxes down a little bit more. So again, I'm not going to go into more details than that. I just want to kind of provide some ideas, some things to look into, things to research. Again, if you have any questions, reach out to me. I'm always happy to chat. Chris at EliteBusinessAdvisors.com. You can find us on social media at Elite Business Advisors on all social platforms. So um, I hope this was helpful. I hope it wasn't too boring. I hope you guys can take some stuff away from this and again, start reducing those stresses about finances uh, and taxes in your business. Uh, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. Paynet podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. 
To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.